Well, good evening. Good to see you here. Good to have you out. Um, be speaking tonight out of the book of James. And I spoke out of the book of James probably about five or six years ago. And uh, it, it, was, it was the other end of the book. You know, there's only five chapters in James. It's a very small book. You don't hear it spoken on very often. Um, I don't know why. Probably because... Uh, Maybe because he's kind of hard, okay, on some things, especially on the tongue and other things like that. Uh, and that's what I spoke on. And after that night, I had a real test, I'll remember, about my tongue. And uh, I had a chance to really uh, use what I preached that night. Okay, so, so tonight, um, I want to take it right from the beginning of the book. And uh, James is an interesting person. Um, so let's just dive right into it. Uh, the first one, James was a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. James was a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to talk to you, first of all, tonight um, about servant, about servant and what that means. Uh, you know, in a lot of the books uh, that Paul wrote, he said, I'm an apostle, but he also said, I'm a servant. And and uh, all the disciples uh, were servants, okay? But servants had a, has a special meaning here. Uh, James referred to himself as a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. The word translated as servant here, the word is translated as servant, sometimes is translated as slave in some of the other, uh, in some of the other Bibles. Some of, I think in King James it's translated as slave. So, uh, servant or slave, but in the Greek, in the Greek, in the original, the word is translated bond slave. So what James is saying here, just not that he's a servant, but it, that he's a bond slave of God. He's a bond slave of Jesus Christ. And if you don't know what a bond slave is, let me explain it to you. A bond slave or servant was a slave that earned his release. He earned his release from the people that he was serving, okay? But he loved his master so much that he wanted to stay with him. So that master, who has already released him, would take his right ear, okay, and punch a hole in it. In fact, I think they put it on the door thing, and then they took a thing and punched the ear, and then they put a golden earring in it. Now today... We have a lot of people walking around with the golden earrings, okay? But I don't think that's why, okay? But anyway, um, and that signified that he was a free slave, but he chose to stay there. He chose um, to remain a slave and to serve his master. And, you know, um, so James here is referring to himself as a bond slave, both to God and to Jesus. A servant for life is what he is saying. He's saying, I'm a servant for life by choice. Not that I have to, but I have chosen to serve God. I have chosen to serve Jesus. He has chosen to be a lifelong slave to Jesus or a lifelong servant to Jesus. You know, and I thought, what a great example James set for us. James set for us. You know, um, Jesus purchased his salvation just like he purchased ours on the cross. You know, and when we're born again or when we accept Jesus as our Savior, you know, um, he's rescued us from slavery, from the slavery of sin. 
And I think all of you understand what I'm talking about, the slavery of sin. And it could be a slave, can't it? Uh, you can be a slave to sin, can't you? You know? And all of us have been down that road. And, but we serve just like James. We serve Jesus. We serve God. Why? Out of love. Because of the love. Because of what he does. He set us free. And, you know, Jesus set us free. We're free to do whatever we want. But we're free to serve him and to do whatever he wants. There's a difference. There's a difference between doing whatever I want and doing whatever Jesus wants. Have you ever had that battle? Because if you haven't, you're lying to yourself. Okay? You know, I want to do this, but Jesus wants me to do this. But I, but, you know, so we have that battle once in a while. But a servant never has that battle. A servant does what his master says. So that's what Jesus is saying, or that's what um, James is saying here, you know, that he has chosen uh, to be a bond slave to Jesus. Now, there's something else about James. James was also the brother of Jesus. James was also the brother of Jesus. In Matthew 13, 55, James is mentioned as one of the brothers of Jesus. Now, it would be a half-brother. We know that. But back then, they would just call him a brother of Jesus, okay? So he, he was mentioned as that. And many of the scholars today believe that James was. He, this is the James that was talking about back in Matthew. James was also the head of the church at Jerusalem at this time. So he was the head of the church. That would be like the guy that's the head of the assemblies, okay? Because it was to say, he, uh, it says in verse, um, or the rest of this, uh, to the 12 tribes that are scattered, that is scattered among the nations, that is scattered. I'm greeting you. So James is that servant. He says, I'm a servant, but he's also ahead of the church. And another thing I like about James, you know, James could have said, hey, my name is James. I'm Jesus' brother. He could have. And boy, wouldn't that grab our attention? But you know, he didn't say that. He didn't throw the Lord's name around. You know, sometime when we want to be noticed, we throw, you know, well, uh, you know, I know this guy. I know that guy. You know, I shook this guy's hand. I shook that guy's hand. Well, that's great, you know. You know, when I was working at Chrysler, I, I, uh, I had to speak to Lee Iacocca. Oh, that, you talk about something. And I was a kid. I mean, I was, I think I was 30 or 31. That's when we put the new crank light in and Lee come in and wanted, yeah, that's another story. But anyway, uh, I was scared to death. <laughs> but he shook my hand and patted me on the cheek. And you don't think that didn't hurt me at Chrysler. <laughs> Everybody would walk up to me after he left and pat me on the cheek. <laughs> but anyway, you know, but I didn't go around saying, oh, don't touch my hand. I, that's what I shook Lee Iacocca's hand with, you know. James is not mentioning, he's not throwing Jesus' name around. He's just saying, I'm a servant to him. And I want you to see what he called Jesus. He didn't say, he didn't say, I'm a servant of God and my brother, or I'm a servant of God and Jesus. He used his proper name. I'm a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. He knew who Jesus was. He knew what he was. He watched him grow up. He watched him minister. 
You know, and sometimes we can be so loose. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't want to get on. I know I'm old school, but I don't want to get on hobby here. But we can be so loose how we throw the Lord's name around. It's precious, people. It's precious. Watch how you use it. Watch how you use it. I'm just telling you. You know, I, years ago, I was checked to that. I was checked to that, and I thought, oh, my goodness. After all he's done for me, and I'm talking about, you know, and I was just saying something stupid, you know. How many of you, I, I can use that word because Becky, Becky picks on pastor, but you don't pick on me because I use that word. Because it's a word. And we do stupid things, don't we? Huh? I mean, let's face it. How many of you do stupid things once in a while? All right. Gee, I'm, I'm so glad I'm not by myself. And if Norma was here, she would have said, yes, you do a lot of stupid things. Okay? But he is writing here, you know, uh, telling, telling the church, you know, that you're going to hit into hard times. So let's look at number two. He says, consider it pure joy. My brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kind. Now, I don't know about you, but I have a hard time being joyful in trials. I mean, I'll just be honest with you, you know. What does he mean here? What does he mean here? What's joy mean? Well, let's take a look maybe at what, um, if I can find it again, what joy means. The dictionary says joy is the emotional, is the emotion of delight by the prospect of, prop, of process, or by the process of something you desire. It's a, it's the, it's a, it's a delight. You know, we can joy, we have joy in the Lord. We can delight in the Lord. Uh, I don't delight in trials. I don't have joy in trials, but I go through them because I know what's at the other end of it. I know that he's going to carry me through. I know that he's there with me. I don't like him sometimes. Have you ever said, Lord, isn't there an easier way? Huh? Sure. Isn't there an easier way? But it says here that, you know, that it's a process. It's a process of going through something to get something that is delightful. You know, um, I'm trying to think of a good illustration with kids, but I can't think of one. I guess it's a process, it's a process when you see them grow up after you've been teaching them for years and you see them grow up and develop into what you would hope they'd be. You know what I'm saying? It's the same kind of process. It's a process. You know, marriage is a process. Norma and I are, will be 55 years this year. And you know, that's a long time. And Norma would tell you it's really been a process, you know. But, you know, it is. It's a process. Anything that we desire takes time. It's a process. And Jesus says, you know, be joyful when you're going through these trials. There's a reason for them. It says, when you face trials of many kind. And how many of us know we face trials? 
we face trials. You know, he's writing to a church that is scattered among the nations. He's writing to a church that is hurting. He's writing to people. When he says he's writing to a church, I mean he's writing to people. He's writing to you and I. He's writing to a church that is being prosecuted. Prosecuted? Is that the right word? Persecuted. Thank you. I knew it was there. Persecuted because of their faith. And maybe prosecuted. Persecuted because of their faith. You know? And, and we here in America, now even though it's getting tighter, and sometimes it's getting harder, and sometimes we face trials that 20 years ago we would have never faced. We got to watch sometime how you say things and what you say nowadays. You ever notice you can say everything about everybody else except Jesus? Hmm? So that's, I don't know where that came from. It's not in my notes, but I'm just telling you, you know, that they were going through that and they, they were scattered. That mean, that don't mean that they were, uh, that, that, uh, that they just couldn't meet in one place. That means some of them had to leave home. Some of them had to go to other areas just to get away. Okay? You know, today, the church is scattered among the nations. It is. It's scattered all over the place. You know? Um, we got people here that today, they are scattered all over the place on vacation. You know, we do. I mean, we got them down in Florida. I feel sorry for them down in Florida in this heat. I know you can have Florida as far as I, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, but anyway, um, but, but he's telling them, listen, I know you're hurting. I know you're going through trials. But there is an end to it. There is an end to it. And, and delight in what the Lord is trying to teach you. He teaches us through trials, and that's, that, that's, that's down the road a little bit. But um, What kind of trials were they going through? Well, probably some were going through family, friends. You know, it's, it's amazing the friends I lost when I got saved. I didn't have to drop them. They dropped me. You ever had that problem? All of a sudden... They didn't, want, you know, and, and this is when Norm and I came back to the Lord. All of a sudden, all of our friends, um, they didn't want to go out for dinner anymore with us because we talked about Jesus. We talked about what was going on in our lives. We talked about what he was doing. So I'm sure they lost family. They lost friends. Probably, probably some of them lost jobs. And don't think that's not that far down the road. They lost jobs. Now, I know some of us today are going through trials. Trials is a way of life. I think Pastor said that not long ago when he was speaking. If you're not going through a trial, wait. Trials is a way of life. Even in this great country of ours, and I love America, don't get me wrong, but we're being persecuted. And it's not going to get any better, probably. Not unless America has a revival. Okay? So we go through those things. We go through these things. He says, consider it pure joy when you go through them. You know, consider it joy. What Joy that Jesus is there with you. Joy that he is leading and guiding you through it. How many times have you ever asked God, Lord, isn't there an easier way? You know, isn't there an easier way for me to learn this? 
You know, you learn things through trials, don't you? And, you know, and the Lord has a way of teaching us if you don't learn it to send you th through something like that again. You know, it's called going around the mountain. How long did Israel have to run around the mountain before they finally learned, you know? So we sometimes we don't learn. We don't learn the first thing. You know, now I'm a little slow, so I'm about two-thirds of the way through the trial before I realize I'm going through a trial. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes we just don't understand, you know? And, and, and it takes me a while to say, Lord, what are you trying to teach me through this? You know? I'm glad, I'm, <laughs> Jim, I'm glad you agree with me. Uh, but, but, but we do, don't we? Because, because we want to we wanna figure it out ourselves. We want to do it ourselves. And Jesus, I don't care what kind of a trial it is. There's always a teaching thing that Jesus is trying to teach us through it. Sometime with me, it's patience. Sometime with me, it's learning to get in the Word more. Sometime with me, it's learning to trust more. Sometime with me, it's learning, I can't do it, the Lord has to. Because I think I can do it. Until I'm about halfway through and realize, I can't do it. You know? So, what he's telling them is to lean on Jesus. Lean on him. Let him, let him lead and guide you. When you can't see the, the light at the end of the tunnel, don't worry about it. Because Jesus said it's there. That is not in my notes at all. Paul is, where's Paul? Paul, am I on track? I didn't think so. Thanks, Paul. I told Paul tonight, I said, I'm going to stay on track. He said, no, you won't. Don't worry about it. Okay. Um, number three, trials. Trials are a testing of our faith. Trials are a testing of our faith. Because you know testing of your faith produces patience. Mine says patience. What's yours say? Perseverance, okay. Perseverance, perseverance does patience too. But it produces, it produces that. So when you're going through a trial, when you're going through a trial, Jesus sometimes is testing our faith. Do you have faith that I can pull you through it? You know, pastor has that saying, you know, if you can stand up pulling Jesus, you know, there's been many a time I said, Jesus, I can't stand anymore pulling. I'm all pulled up. You can't pull me anymore. You're going to have to pick me up and carry me. You know what I'm saying? You ever get to that place? Lord, I can't do it anymore. It's happened in my life. It's happened in my life. But Jesus says perseverance. Perseverance. You know, stick with it. Stick with it. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may mature and be complete, lacking nothing. Lacking nothing. Trying, trying and testing of our faith. Have you ever had your faith tested? Has your faith ever been tested? Uh, you know, I think probably... The biggest place where faith is tested, I think, is home. 
his home or at work. Those are the two big places. It's not going to be, your faith is not going to be tested here in church. All your brothers and sisters here, and you're up there singing, you're praising God, and you're happy, and you're joyful, and you walk out, and you get in your car, and there's a fight going on that you can't handle. Has that ever happened? If it, if it never happened, you didn't have kids. Or you're not married. <laughs> but those things happen, don't they? Those things happen, you know? And it's, it, 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 it's, it's that faith that God is going to be there. Even when we don't know, even when we can't feel him. There was, there's been times in my life, and I know there's been times in your life, that I know that he's there, but I just wish he'd show himself. I know he's there. I know he's answering prayer, but I wish he'd answer a little bit faster. Show me a sign. Have you ever said that to the Lord? Just show me a sign you're there. And I don't see nothing. And then I read this. Keep going through it. Don't give up. Keep going through it. Don't give up. I remember going through, we were going through a, a battle, a trial. I mean, I was ready to give up everything. I was ready, I, I was ready to watch. This is, I wasn't on the staff then. I was at Chrysler, and we were having some trouble with one of our kids, and things just weren't going good. And, and you know, when things aren't going good with the kids, sometimes it don't go good with mom and dad. And, and you know, because uh, there's, there's sometimes we had to get on the same page, and we weren't on the same page. And, 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 uh, and, and it was a trial. And I said, Lord, show me something. Have you ever said that? Lord, show me something that you're there. And he did. He came through. Because why? Because he loves us. He takes care of us. It wasn't what I was hoping, but it was a sign. It was a sign. There's a purpose, people, to our trials. Remember that. When you're going through a trial, when you're going through a hard time, and all of us do, I don't care if it's physical, mental, spiritual. Is there spiritual trials? Sure there is. Sure there is. There are spiritual trials. Does Satan ever come into you and whisper, hey, what are you doing? You're not a Christian. You know? And sometimes we start believing that garbage. Yeah, I guess I'm not what I think I should be. You know? Yeah, maybe, you know. Yeah, maybe I really didn't get saved. Yeah, maybe, you know. Don't listen to Satan. You know? He's going to attack us in every way he can. In every way he can. But it's a testing of our faith. Do we have faith to believe that Jesus is going to take us through? Do we have believe that tomorrow is going to come? That's what it's talking about here. Testing your faith. Do we have faith that Jesus is there and it's going to pull you through it? And it says it's going to, it's going to what? It leads to work of maturity and, complete, and completeness. Lacking nothing. It leads to maturity. You know, um, the result, the result of getting through it, the result of getting through those trials, the result of getting through there is, is that it leads to maturity. God is helping us to grow. That's what maturity is. And you think that you're done growing, you're not. You're not going to be done growing till you're standing in front of them. That's the completion. That's what he's talking about here when it says completion. Completion is when we see Jesus face to face. But going through the trial, the process, yeah, it's a tough process. 
but we, we go through it because we know what the result is going to be, don't we? We know what the, res the result is going to be, victory. The result is going to be we stand before Jesus with our hands raised and say, God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for pulling me through. Thank you for not giving up on me when I almost gave up on you. You ever been there? Sure you have. You know, thank you for answering prayer back then before I even prayed it. Thank you for knowing my thoughts. Thank you for being that light at the tunnel. That's what he's talking about here at the end. That's completion. And I don't know about you. I don't know about you. But when I'm going through those trials, and I know at the end that heaven is there, it helps me. When I know at the, at the end Jesus is standing there with his arms open saying, come on, buddy, you can make it. You know, you can make it. You know, I was in a race once. I was, I was a little kid. I think I was about 12, 13 years old. And, uh, and, and I am not fast, you know. I am not fast. But, uh, but I was in this race, and, um, and, and I was near the end, you know. And it was a mile. To me, a mile was a long ways, okay. And I was ready to give up. But you had to run this mile to make the team. And I thought, I'm going to give up. I don't want to make the team, you know. But my coach was at the end saying, come on, Rick, you can make it. You know, and I made it, and I made the team. That's Jesus, too. He's a, I hate to even say coach because he's a lot more than a coach. But he's there coaching us on. He's there saying, come on, come on. Get up out of the dirt, brush yourself off, pick yourself up, and start on that trial again. Start on that trail again, not trial. And sometimes it is a trial. You know, Satan's throwing his step on him. You know, sometimes, you know, you just have to give Satan a good old kick, a good old step. When he's whispering into your ear, you're nothing. When he's whispering into your ear, nobody likes you. Has that ever happened to you? Sure. Sure. You know, I had somebody tell me uh, not long ago, she said, and she was serious. She said, I feel that nobody in the world likes me. And I said, well, let me tell you something. The greatest person that ever lived loves you. Not likes you, loves you. And if nobody else does, don't worry about it, because Jesus Christ does. And you know, it took a while, but she came out of that. And it's been a while now. Okay, she came out of it. She got married. Nobody loves her. Nobody liked her at all. But Jesus did. She was dead wrong. There's a lot of people that loved her. But, she, but she, they maybe not been showing it, but they loved her. You know? It's making it through it. Lacking for nothing. Not lacking anything. When we get there, we're going to get there not lacking a thing. Jesus is going to say, you're there. It's complete. It's over. You made it through the trials. You made it through the hard times. I love at the end of a trial. Don't you, don't you like the mountaintop? I, I hate the valleys. But don't you love the mountaintop? Don't you like it when, man, you can slap Jesus and say, hey, thank you, Jesus. Whoops, I shouldn't have done that. But you know, you can say, oh, Lord, man, that was so good making it through it. 
you know? The problem we had, the problem we were going through, we seen victory in it. But boy, it took a lot of prayer. It took a lot of crying. It took a lot of work. And sometimes it does, doesn't it? Now, there's been other trials that heavens are not quite as bad, you know? I got a grandson that's going to be 16 in two weeks. We're going down for his 16th birthday. That 15 years ago, they said he wouldn't make it. They said he wouldn't make it. Doctor said, you know, he was allergic. He's, he is. He's allergic to protein. So, you know, it's kind of hard to live when you're allergic to protein. Going to be 16. Got a feeding tube, but doing great. Doing great. Is this being recorded? We'll make sure they don't hear it. <laughs> We're going to go down, surprise him for his, for his 16th birthday. But, you know, we didn't give up. Doctors, doctors up here gave up. Doctors in Cincinnati didn't. Doctor in here said, we don't know what to do. So send them home. Don't know what to do. Send them home. But God had an answer. God has the answer. Now, there's been other things that it didn't work out that way. You know? There's been other things that didn't work out that way. Three years ago, I lost a nephew. Strong. Tough. Good kid. Love the Lord. Been on mission trips, sending money over to missions, doing it all. A deacon in his church, building homes. Just a good kid, owned a store, dropped over dead, just like that. Why? I don't know. Was it a trial? Heavens, yes, it was a trial. It was a trial for his wife, it was a trial for his kids, it was a trial for my sister and her husband. Things like that happen, and we don't know why. I'm just saying that not everything comes out perfect the way we want it, does it? You know? We pray, and we pray, and we pray, and sometimes it, <coughs> it just doesn't work out perfect. But do we give up? No, we don't give up. We kick Satan in the pants, say, get out of the way. I'm going on with Jesus. Now, I'll tell you what. I'm looking forward to seeing Tom in heaven. Because he's there. And now his dad's up there with him. Now I'm really looking forward to seeing him. You know what I'm saying? Now there's others. All of us have been through those things, things like that. Okay? Were they tough? Heavens, yes. I never cried so much in my life. I seen him the day before and he said, Uncle Rick. I see, I was out to the NW. I'm just giving you. We were out to the NW and he, he walked over and gave me a Coney Island. You, you know how much I like Coney Islands. He said, here, Uncle Rick, I can't eat. I got to get back to work. And this is his words. If anything happened to me, those buildings would fall, up, fall apart and died the next morning. In fact, he died that night. You don't know how many times I asked God why. It was tough, but, he, but we made it through it. Why? Because there's a light at the end of the tunnel. His boy, his boy, who was married... And uh, uh, going on, he's taking up Tom's. He's taking up Tom's torch. He's going to mission fields all the time. They love him over there. He's building homes. He's building. He's building new homes down in Detroit, down by Old Tiger Stadium. He just got a permit to build new homes down there. He's taking. Why? He, he picked up Tom's torch and he's running with it. Okay. So, is that why? I don't know why, but it happened. You ever ask Jesus why? We all do, don't we? And you get the same answer? I don't know. 
but it happens. But we don't give up. Why? Because right here it says, when, when you mature and complete and lacking nothing, and you're going to see Jesus, and it's going to be worth it all. It's going to be worth it all. There used to be a song we used to sing. Any of you remember? It's worth it all. It's worth it all. Yeah, it's one of those old ones, but I loved it. Because it is. It's worth it all. And all of us have been through some tough things. And there might be some tough things ahead of us yet. But if, you, if James is right, and I believe he is, I know he is because it's in the Bible. If James is right, we're going to make it. We're going to make it because God is going to carry us through it. God's going to carry us through it. I'm laboring. Is it 20 after 7 already? I'm so sorry. Okay, let's go on. Number four, ask God for wisdom. Ask God for wisdom. Have you ever come up to a thing? Let me see if I can find four. Boy, you're right, Paul. I'm way over. Okay, ask God for wisdom. Have you ever run into a thing and you need wisdom? Lord, I don't know what to do. Lord, I just don't know what to do. It says here, ask God for wisdom. If you lack wisdom, you should ask God, and he will give it to you without finding fault, and it will be given unto you. If you need, I don't mean, Lord, I'm dumb, I need wisdom. No, I mean wisdom in a certain, in a certain instance, you know, in a certain uh, circumstance. I'll never forget. I was st I'm standing right here. I'm standing right here, and Pastor, Pastor, uh, and I was just on staff. And Pastor asked uh, for anybody who had who who needed prayer, come on up, and we'll pray for you. You know that happens all the time, right? And this young girl, first time I ever seen her, this young girl came up, young blonde. I, I remember her well. Okay, came up and said, "I can't share with you, but I need your prayer." I thought, how do I pray for this gal? So I, as she's talking, and she's talking, I'm thinking, Lord, I need wisdom. I need wisdom. So I said, is it all right if I anoint you? She said, yeah. So I anointed her and prayed for her. And I prayed, and I, it came from God. It had to. I prayed for a problem. And I got home. And about an hour after I got home, I got a phone call from this lady. She had called the church wanting me, and they gave her my number. And she said to me, how did you know? How did you know? And I said, I didn't. God gave me the words. She said, no, no. How did you know? Did somebody tell you? I said, I don't even know who you are. Nobody told me, you know. See, you ask for wisdom, and God will give you wisdom. If you're having problems, and... and it doesn't have to be something that, that don't happen very often to me. Let me just tell you that, okay? But it don't have to be something like that. But if you need wisdom, God said, I will give you wisdom. You know, when I worked at, when I worked at Chrysler, you know, I had some big departments, you know. They were too big for me. Heavens. You know, here I am with a high school education. I got all these people that's got 15 degrees up there making all their decisions, and they couldn't figure out how to get a machine going, you know? God will give you wisdom if you ask for it. I'm ready to shut, the, I'm ready to shut Chrysler down because I couldn't make a crankshaft. And if you can't make crankshafts, it's hard to make an engine. 
okay? I'm ready to shut the corporation down. Three o'clock in the morning, I woke up. And God said, this. I got dressed. I was supposed to be there at five anyway. I got dressed, went in, and said, hey, let's go underneath and see if that boat is loose. And that's what it was. Why would a boat be loose? A brand new machine. That's why. Okay, but you know, wisdom, God will give it to you once in a while. Now, there's other times I ask it, I think, God, where's the wisdom? You know? Listen, sometimes he just wants you to use common sense. Okay? Sometimes he wants us to use common sense. Lord, what should I wear today? He's like, you know, don't be stupid. You know what I mean? Unless you're colorblind, you know. But, you know, but you, but there are times when you need the wisdom of God. It can be with family. A lot of times it's with family. Lord, how do I answer this daughter on this one? Lord, how do I keep my mouth shut? You ever say that? Especially when it's family. Lord, how to teach me to keep my mouth shut. You know, t- uh, James talks about the tongue later on. And I told you I had, I had a time with that one. Because dad knows all the answers. So that's why the daughters call you and ask. Dad, my husband said this. Is that right? If he says it, it's right. You know, <laughs> I'm not going to get in the middle of it. But, you know, ask for wisdom and God will give it to you. Now, here's the thing. Ask for wisdom and, and, and see what it says. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Ask for wisdom, and then God gives it to you, and then you say, well, I don't know if that's really it or not. Lord, is Lord really telling me that, or is that just me? Well, if it's just you, God will check you. God, God can check you. He can close doors. You ever know that? God can close doors. He has slammed them in my face more than once. You know, don't doubt. If you ask for no, God will give. You know, I asked for wisdom, but I don't know if God will give it to me. That's what it means here. You know, I asked for wisdom on how to do this thing. I don't know if God will give it to me. You know? Lord, I'm not a real good reader. I need wisdom to read. And Jesus said, why didn't you study when you were in school? You know what I mean? Um, but ask and believe. And believe that believe and not doubt, because if you doubt, you're like you're, you're like the waves of the sea, you know, tossed by the wind. You ever see the waves of the sea? You know, when I was working on this, I was up north and I was on Lake Michigan, okay. And I'm sitting there and I'm watching the wind was blowing in and I'm watching the waves come in, you know. And I'm and I'm thinking about this message. Be honest with you, because I I knew I was probably going to preach this one. And I was watching the waves come in, you know, and the wind was blowing and the waves were coming in and they were, they were coming in and splashing and then they were gone. And Jesus said, if you doubt, you're like the waves of the sea. You make a lot of noise, but it's gone. You're nothing. Sometimes we can make a lot of noise and say nothing. Jesus said, don't be carried by the waves of the sea. You know, the waves, and I'm going to watch myself here, but the waves can carry, well, I don't like the way that he's preaching. 
I'm going to go over because he said that I need, you know, I want healing and I'm not getting healed. But this church over here promises me that I'll get healing. So we, the wind is blowing that way. So we go over in this way. And then the wind is blowing back over this way. And we go over this way. You know, when we were looking for a pastor, uh, I was on the board. I was a uh, head of the board and we were looking for a pastor. And we went out and we interviewed a lot of pastors. But you know what we would do? We would go and we would sit in a service that they were doing. And they didn't know we were there. You know, you learn a lot. You learn, I don't want you. <laughs> you know? We went to one. And you ever hear of that laughing thing? Did you, you guys remember that about 10, 15, well, 20, 20 years ago? Uh, oh, you, the joy of the Lord just bubbles up. And all of a sudden, everybody in church is laughing. And they're having a great time. And I thought, oh, this is the last thing. You know? That died out. You know, it split a lot of churches, but it died out. So it's the waves of the sea. The wave's going to blow this way, and the wave's going to blow that way. What he is saying here is stay put. Get grounded. Get grounded. Don't let the waves, you know, my dog was with us, and the waves were, and she hates water. You know, and the waves were blowing in, and 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 she was she'd go out there and she'd watch those waves and she'd put her feet down and she got a little bit too close and she got on the nose and she ran back, she ran back so fast it was funny, but she ran back so fast. But sometimes we get splashed by something and we think, boy, that's the way we got to go. You know, the Holy Spirit's moving this way or the Holy Spirit's moving that way. Let the Holy Spirit move in your heart instead of in your head. Let me say that again. Let the Holy Spirit move in your heart instead of your head because our head says, oh, I got to run here and I got to run there. Let the Holy Spirit lead and guide you because he'll tell you where to go and he'll tell you what to find and he'll say, hey, this is what you need. I'm going to give you an example. We were looking for a church, 1988. We were leaving the church, and we were looking for a church. And we had come here. Now, it wasn't this church. It was over there. Okay, it was small. There was about 100 people, maybe not even that. And we were looking for a church. And we came, and we sat there, then we left. And we, and, and we tried seven different churches, okay? And, uh, and finally, we came back, and we sat down, and uh, we're sitting there. And, uh, and uh, a pastor came out. Uh, they had a they had a um, they had a um, a visiting pastor there, okay, and uh, this is 1988. He had hair down below his shoulders, you know, and uh, and he was wearing blue jeans and and, and a t-shirt, like you know, and uh, and uh, I leaned over to Norm and I said, "Oh, that's what I need—some hippie telling me what to do," okay. I, you know what I mean? I was really in a good mood. And, and he started preaching. And this is what he said. This is what he said. Get planted where you're at. That was a word from God. Get planted where you're at. And then, it wasn't long after that, somebody else said the same thing. Didn't know it was for us. But the second time I heard it, there was no doubt in my mind. Get planted where you're at. That young hippie had the fastest growing Sunday school in the United States, in New York City. 5,000 kids in a Sunday school. 
5,000 kids in a Sunday school. And I thought he was some hippie who didn't know what was going on. In the, in, in the, in the, in the boondocks of New York City, 5,000 kids. And God brought him in here just to speak to me. <laughs> but, you know, God, God can do that, can he? You know, I've been here ever since, 1988. That's a long time. Wow, it is a long time. Uh, so anyway, um, don't be blown by the winds. Don't be blown by the winds. And then, am I out of time? I am, aren't I? Okay. Um, let's go on to the next one. Um, believe and not doubt. Let's go to the back of the page. Here it is. Okay. It says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. James 19, be quick to listen. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. In other words, quick to listen. What's that mean to you? Quick to listen. Be a good listener. Be a good listener. You know, you can listen and you can listen. You can listen and hear what you want, or you can listen to what God is saying. Let me tell you how true this is. We can be sitting in a service like this and pastor preaching, and you hear one thing, and I hear something else altogether. Be a good listener, because God is speaking. And he may be saying something to one person and something to another person. Even when you're conversation with people, listen. Because a lot of us know the answer before it's ever come. Listen. One of the things I've learned in counseling was sit and listen and keep my mouth shut. Slow to speak. You know why it says slow to speak? Because when we're, asked, when we're fast to speak, usually our foot ends up in our mouth. Be slow to speak. Because sometimes you say the wrong thing. Sometimes, sometimes you do more damage and good. And then when people get upset because what you say, then you get mad and you get angry. Isn't that what it says? And slow to anger. You know, when, I, when we were young, when we were young, I had an awful time with anger. I did. And I blamed it on my dad because my dad had an awful time with anger. So what my dad did, I should have, right? No, it was me. Okay? Be, you know, slow to anger. Everyone should be quick to listen slow to anger, and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce righteousness of God. It does not produce the righteousness of God. When I am angry, I sure don't sound like Jesus. When I am mad, I sure don't sound like Jesus. And do I get angry? Sure I do. I shouldn't, but all of us do, don't we? Okay, it says be slow to anger. If you're going to get mad and you're going to anger, get, get mad at the right thing. Get mad at the stinking devil. Get angry at the sin that's going around our, our city. Get, 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 if you want to get angry, that's what you get angry about. Get angry when you can't say the name of the Lord Jesus Christ in school. Or you can't say it, you can't even say it, you know, you can't even bow and pray anymore. You know, somebody got kicked out of the restaurant because they, got bow, they bowed and prayed. They were asked to leave a restaurant in New Jersey because they prayed for their meal. 
Isn't that sickening? So, if you want to get angry, sisters, brothers, get angry over the right thing. And then the last thing, and we're going to end with this, be doers of the word. Be doers of the word. You know, the word, the word demands decisions. Let me say that again. The word of God demands decisions. There are decisions that we make. Either I'm going to accept it or I'm going to just going to fluff it off. The word of God demands action. Jesus can tell you when to go and when to stop. The word demands action. And the word of God is very revealing. It's very revealing. Be doers of the word. If God shows you something in the word that you need to take care of, take care of it. Don't put it off to tomorrow because you know what? If you're like me, you forget about by tomorrow. Now, the Holy Spirit has a way to bring it back to your mind. But, you know, I was reading something the other morning. I'm sitting in my chair. It's 530 in the morning. I'm sitting in my chair and I'm reading it and I thought, wow. Wow, that is really good for... And God said, yeah, you. You know, just like, yeah, it's good for you. And I had to take care of it right then. Take care of it. Take care of it. And obey the word. Obey the word. Do you have a hard time obeying the word? Be obedient. Be obedient. If the word says, you know, if Jesus says, love me, love me. Well, that's easy to do. But if the word says, do this, do that, then do it and do it. You know? Obeying the word. James is full, James is full of good things in here. But the main thing I want you to get out of, you're going to go through, you're go, we're, all of us, we're going to go through trials, but trials, trials, and trials, and trials, they get better and better. I hope. They get smaller and smaller, and Jesus is at the end, and he will take you through them. He may have to carry you. He may have to shove you. He may have to do what pastor says. He may have to pull you because some of us are stubborn. At least I am. Okay? Some of us are stubborn. But Jesus is going to go through it with you. He loves you. He loves you. And what did he say? It's to mature you. It's to, in other words, he wants you to grow. We don't want to be babies, do we? We don't want to be babies our whole life. It helps us to grow. To grow in the word. So, that's all I have for tonight. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word tonight. We thank you, God, that you are there. We thank you, dear Heavenly Father, that you are a servant. That you are a servant, like we are servants. We thank you, God, for the joy, for the joy that we have of serving God. For the joy that we have, the Heavenly Father, of knowing, knowing that we know, that we know that we're going to see Jesus someday in heaven. And what a rejoicing time that will be. So God, tonight I just pray, bless the word, bless each and every person that's here tonight. We ask it in your precious and holy name. Amen, amen, and amen. God bless you. I'm sorry I went a little long, but that's the way it is.